boy toy named Troy used to live oh, in Detroit. My God. Big dip dealer money. We was getting some coins. What was are in you shootouts doing? with the law. He lived in a palace. Brought me Alexander McQueen. He was keeping me stylish. I'm doing. Uh, it starts with a uh, boy. So I'm doing like right. a whole boy thing, Pete. Uh, okay. Because great. this is let's hear it for the boys. The podcast about the boys on Amazon. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And we're going to be talking about Nothing Like It in the World, the fourth episode of season two of The Boys. So if you have not seen it yet, it just dropped mere moments ago on uh, an Amazon Prime video. Uh, go watch that first because we're going to spoil the heck out of it. As usual, we're going to be talking broad strokes and some of our favorite moments in this very big, very wild episode. Uh, also to mention Pete, uh, for anybody watching live, we're actually streaming this one live. Uh, Pete is in black right now because he has, and this is no joke, a serious case of poison ivy, right? Yeah. It's disgusting over here. It's, yeah. Uh, and, uh, I'm on steroids, so it's a little too crazy. Well, this is great. I love the fact that uh, Justin couldn't get his tech working. Uh, You're completely black because of Poison Ivy. I feel like the one member of the podcast who's been left standing. Yeah. So what horrible thing will happen to me? That's what I want to (laughs) know. Oh, no. You're next. Yes, you're next. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into this because there's a lot of stuff to talk about in this episode. And again, I'm going to do a very broad overview recap of season two, episode four. I want to say that very clearly because we are going to be streaming this one live uh, as well as looping it as a podcast later. Um, so if you haven't watched it, turn away for spoilers. Let's get into it right now. Uh, Big stuff going on. There's a couple of trains running as different people in different ways go on road trips. Uh, The first one, and probably the biggest one we should talk about, is Huey, Annie, and Mother's Milk head off in search of information about an old superhero called Liberty. Uh, We talked about this a little bit the last episode. This is something that Mallory was looking into. And the big revelation here that we're going to put out right up front is they find out that uh, Liberty, this old superhero from 70 years ago, is actually Stormfront. So that's kind of some big information. But on the relationship front... Huge news, and we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, But on the other hand, uh, the information that Annie and Huey are dealing with their emotional relationship, they're getting into that. I'm sure you have some feelings about that, Pete, that you're going to want to talk about. Um, So lots of stuff going on there. Uh, Fun stuff. I love that storyline. Then, of course, there is Becca and Butcher. Butcher finds out where Becca is, no strings attached, goes after her, and then proceeds to totally mess it up by the end of the day. Becca stays, Butcher leaves. It's all very sad. We'll get into that one as well. And on the soup side of things, Homelander is getting very, very frustrated with Stormfront as she pushes her social media campaign. He feels like he's losing power. He... Responds to that in a couple of ways. Uh, one totally messed up way. Turns out he's visiting Stillwell into a cat in a oh. cabin. Except it's not Stillwell at all. It's actually Doppelganger, yeah. who he's having sex with. I guess uh, we'll talk about some of those big moments there. Uh, and uh, then he outs Maeve to Maria Menudos 
of all people. Uh, And uh, yeah, that's a, that's pretty fraught as well. Uh, Last couple of things we should talk about. There's some big changes in Frenchie and Kamiko's relationship. We finally get some explanation of what's been going on with them. We've talked about that a lot on the podcast. Uh, And then also the deep, we get a runner throughout the episode uh, where it turns out the deep is interviewing wives to join him uh, in his journey towards redemption, towards getting back into the seven. Um, And it's pretty messed up as usual. So there you go. Uh, Lots of stuff to talk about in the episode. Oh, yes. Go ahead, Pete. Maybe the most uh, noir we've ever got. Some might say overused him or used him just enough. (laughs) I don't know. We'll have to talk about it. Wait, uh, let's talk about that right up front, because we get Black Noir is looking at Butcher. In terms of overusing him, he enters the control center in (laughs) Void Tower Refuses an almond joy, which is a running joke throughout the episode, yeah, and then finds out where joy. Butcher is. Bit. That's it. There's nothing else. So what is well, the overusing him there? Well, uh, you know, he's usually you just see him for a little bit, but also, you know, it's like sitting there. He hands her a little piece of paper. You know, it'd have been funny if we just got like him walking in, and then him like she's like, "Oh my God, you're still here." And then, like, you know, he just, like, slides the paper over, maybe. I don't know. I okay, was like, no, that, hey, man, that's fine. You've got a lot of poison ivy. Spend your time rewriting episodes of The Boys, all right? Well, no, I'm just saying that, like, it's been so hilarious every time. Like, so well-timed, so well-done. I felt like they they were so close to really, mm-hmm. uh, I felt like a little bit, a little bit let down. Well, I think they're going to have to stop making... Black Noir, just a running joke at some point, right? No. No? <laughs> it's been so fun. I I agree, but something that is so good about the show is it is very good about expanding on the characters in ways that you would not expect in surprising, interesting ways. And yeah. it, it's too much. There's too much potentially there to not do that with Black Noir at some point. Okay. Do you disagree? Well, I, I'm just having so much fun with it. It's hard to let it go, you know? Well, what about uh, Almond Joys? There's a lot of discussion there. This is definitely <laughs> jumping ahead both to this storyline and also Hugh. Yeah. There's a couple good. It was like Almond Joy and then like two others that she liked that was her like- Her top three, Annie's top three candy bars. I love, by the way, the fact that our podcast becomes talking about food every time. But yeah. uh, her top three candy bars are Almond Joy, Charleston Chew, and Bit of Honey. Okay, first off, Charleston Chew is amazing. I don't care what anybody says. Charleston Chew. I, no, I agree. I, I feel like all three of these, very similar to how I feel about Fresca, they're easy <laughs> punching bags, but they're actually pretty good candy. Bit of Honey is good candy? It gets stuck in your teeth. That's not ideal. <laughs> nah, I, I, I think almond joys are fantastic. I love a Charleston chew. Bit of honey, I know, no. Not really, you you don't fuck with bit of honey. <laughs> I do not fuck with it at all. Not even a little bit. <laughs> well, so what it, are your top three candy bars then, or at least what's your number one? That's tough, man. It really. Depends Let's do on what top kind of three. Mood. Let's go for it. Let's do top it three. It depends on what bars. kind of mood are we in. Are we saying just chocolate? Are we including Twizzlers, gummy bears? 
like Twizzlers and gummy bears are not candy bars, Pete. All right, all right. All right, Twizzler is licorice bar. and a gummy bear is a gummy candy. They're they're like different species. All right, all right, all right, all right. Take it easy. Take it easy. I'm sorry. I'm drinking this Matthew McConaughey brand's uh, bourbon and I'm getting very angry. Like he was in the classic movie, The Dark Tower. <laughs> oh, man. I had so much high hopes for that movie. Uh, I'll, I'll just throw out number one, Three Musketeers. Like, no question in my mind. What? Yes. No Three way. Musketeers, it's just, it's simple. It's a it's classic, direct. but it's there's not enough to it. It's a nice go-to when you got to get back to kind of like basics a little bit. But like, come on, a Milky Way, you got caramel in there. I mean, what are we talking about? Yeah, I mean, Milky Way is good too. All Most candy bars are good. But, <laughs> but like... But Three Musketeers is, is not num- top three material. Really? Yeah. If there's if there's a bowl, I'm always going to have a Three Musketeers first because I'm worried about somebody else getting it. Wow. Yeah. That's a good way to do it. If you are looking at the bowl, which one are you going to first? Yeah. For me, it's it's peanut butter cups. Reese's but those aren't candy cups. bars. Reese's oh, peanut on. butter cups it are not too. candy bars. It is too. No, they're not bars. They're rounds. It's a different thing. It's not a different category. You can say if you want to call out a Reese's Nutrageous, that's fine (laughs) with me. I'll allow that. (laughs) Um, Number two, I'm going to throw out. Number two is Crunchy. Have you ever had a Crunchy bar? Dude, how? What? Crunchy bar. How old are you? You're going three musketeers. Next thing you know, you're going to be like, Mr. Goodbye. That's, <laughs> no, that's the best right. one. It's just peanuts. No, but a crunchy, the uh, not crunch bar, but a crunchy right. from England, oh. which is basically like a honeycomb in chocolate. It's amazing. Okay. We're talking about two different things. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah, I knew what you were thinking of. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Reese's Pieces. That's also not a candy bar. <laughs> it's so small around. What are you even doing? Stop riling me up. You just turned into Seinfeld. What are you even doing? What are you doing? That's What's not a hell? candy bar. That's not a candy bar part. <laughs> it's like a terrible, god-awful oh combination of uh, Jimmy Stewart and Jim. I was about to say Jimmy Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Jerry Seinfeld. That's the guy. I know the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Wait, wait. Hold on. I have to come up with my number three. Butterfinger. Come on. Oh, yeah. Butterfinger. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. There All you right. go. Thanks, Pete. Okay. Yeah, now we can right. finally move on with the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, uh, where are you, man? We're trying to stretch. Yeah, we're bro. losing okay. control. We're spinning out yeah. of control here. Yeah. I can't see Pete. You're gone. <laughs> I'm just here, maybe yeah. by myself, talking about <laughs> candy bars. Oh, man. Uh, oh yeah, we got uh, in the comments here, Heath bars. Uh, you know what? I don't know that I'm necessarily interested in a separated Heath bar, but coffee Heath bar crunch from Ben and Jerry's, so good. Okay, that's a little bit of a tangent. Now we're talking about Ben and Jerry's. Come on. No, I mean, he brought up Heath Bars, Ben the Border Carly. Uh, all right, let, let's use this opportunity of talking about candy bars to talk about two great tastes that taste great together, which is Huey <laughs> and Annie and their plot line. Uh, I love the plot line in the episode, and I have to imagine you did too, Pete, because you've been really asking for them to have a conversation about stuff, and that's exactly what happens here. 
Yeah, but the problem is Huey it runs away from his feelings. He leaves this message. He finally shows his heart. And then when he's with her and he's finally there, he's like, oh, yeah, no, never mind about the message. Oops. Uh, yeah, I don't care about you. So, of course, she's like, well, if you're not in this, I don't want to be around you, asshole. I'm out. No, but he, he doesn't do that. He doesn't he cutely about the message. He's like, oh, can we ignore that message? Because he was, you know, really stressed out <laughs> when that happened. So he's Whatever, trying to move he the other. He should have said that. He should have told her how he feels and how important she is to him. Um. Yes. I, I think he did when they slept together. <laughs> I think that expressed a certain connection oh, wow. between that the two characters. That was the most male thing you could say. Well, he slept with her. That means he likes her. That is He's the just... opposite of the most male thing. The most male thing is like, well, he slept with her. That fucking means nothing because, you know. Oh, okay. All right. But I just think that, like, he, I, if he would have fought for a little bit, maybe she would have believed in the relationship is all I'm saying. He was like... He's not telling her the truth all the time. It seems he's not trying hard to. It's just it's just a little. But uh, maybe if he gets kicked to the curve, he can uh, mm. he can kind of like step up his game. It's interesting that you had this reaction because I felt like this was the episode I've been waiting for in terms of Huey and Annie. We got mm. them talking in Central Park, which is kind of their place. Uh, we right. got them on the road trip singing We Didn't Start the Fire Together, which is super oh, cute. Oh, got the whole super, candy bar discussion. Milk the whole time, you're like, oh, poor his mother's milk. Uh, great. The whole thing was great. I mean, let's uh, we'll get into mother's milk in a second. I do definitely yeah. want to talk about him because great his up. stuff. Great up. His stuff with Annie is great as well, um, but it, it was it felt like a season one Huey and Annie episode to me, with a little bit of friction, a little bit of misunderstanding, but also sweetness, funniness, them flirting, them throwing jokes at each other, matching wits, and just an all around good time. Yeah, yeah, and the cute little bit with her turning off the lights and stuff. It was great. It was there was real magic there, but then Huey blew it. Of course. Uh, how did Huey blow it, though? How do you think he blew it? He was just like, uh, yeah, no, don't don't worry about the message. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. And then she's, like, pouring herself out there, being like, this is what's going on with me. I'm not sleeping. I'm walking around. He's like, oh, I got a phone call. I got to leave. He's not trying to be with her. He's You're just... spending so much time focusing on the beginning of this episode. He's still trying to keep her separated from the dark dealings of the boys, you know, if I could put it that way. But what he ultimately realizes that moment where she starts crying, uh, we didn't talk about that really, but uh, this really, but there's that amazing moment where she's in the elevator. Homelander approaches her and basically says, you know what? I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm not going to play this game chokes her out, puts his fingers in her stomach and basically is going to rip her in half until she admits that she's angry at Huey, which she says, am I lying? And the fact of the matter is, no, she's not lying. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't she be angry at him? I I don't know why she would have been. She keeps getting left in the dark. It's like 
She had to beg to go on this road trip with him. It was like, he should let her in. If they're going to try to have a relationship together, they should try to be with each other and go on these adventures together. I think uh, a small part of it, at least, is explaining Annie's motivation right now to the audience. Because we in the audience, I think, were naturally inclined to be shipping the two of them, right? You know, to want them to be together and to think, oh, but Annie isn't really mad. She's not actually mad, you know? Um, She wants to be with him. She wants to love him. And uh, she kind of doesn't. Like, she turns him down at the end of the episode. And I think because she's having more of a level head about it than he is, necessarily. And also... Hey, we got our third co-host here. We got Justin Tyler popping in for the podcast. How you doing, buddy? Great. Great to be here. Just doing some the best thing was fixing the internet. Oh, very exciting. Well, we're excited to have you here because Pete and I are having a big debate about yeah. Huey and Annie in this episode. Pete seems very stuck on the first moment. Uh, this is very surprising to me. Pete never gets stuck on moments. Uh, gets stuck on the first moment where Huey takes a phone call and walks away from Annie. My argument is that this is a great Huey and Annie episode because we finally really get to see them flirt, see their relationship, see all the stuff we like them doing in season one. Yeah, but th- but then at the end they break up because he's not fighting for Annie. We got Annie. Uh, no, he he's this episode is like the most natural. It feels like they're both open to each other in this episode. Like it, it finally becomes like a thing here. But they break up. So what are you talking about? Well, they don't really break up. They decide to say, like, you know what? We can't just randomly sleep together again, even though it feels nice, even though it's good. If you talk about candy bars, of course, things are going to get heated, you know? Uh, so... They get past that. Um, but I don't think it's over for them. You know? This is definitely just like road trips are like that. They're crazy. You know, <laughs> anything can happen. Um, Pete, we went on a cruise together. You understand. Yeah. Yeah. It did get crazy. <laughs> that's for sure. And yeah, after that, wait. we didn't talk for a little while. We walked away from each other. <laughs> wait, was I the mother's milk in that situation on that cruise? You're always snoring and sleeping by myself. <laughs> no, I'm def- always in the mother's milk. Yeah, I definitely snore. So, I mean, you had your family with you. That's sort of a mother's milk move. Right. It is a very mother's milk move. Let's talk about him. We mentioned this earlier, but I, I thought his stuff with Annie is great. And the way that storyline went across, that but the whole just Go ahead, getting mother's milk's like story, the whole father stuff, like was just great. We finally got to hear more about Mother's Milk. He was rocking that really tight Giants shirt. I was loving it. Like, this was a great app. We got a lot of Mother's Milk stuff. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Yeah, uh, we're agreeing with each other. (laughs) It's beautiful to see. Alex in a big black square rectangle agreeing with each other. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Pete is pushing uh, Black Lives Matter. This is his Instagram. Strong. Strong choice. Yeah. That was uh, that was mostly happening several months ago. The whole black black square thing. <laughs> hey, you're also, still it's still important. 
It, yes. Th- thanks for raising awareness, Pete. We really appreciate it. Also, this no makes problem. a lot of sense to the people on the audio podcast. No, I, we were agreeing because I was also saying that the mother's milk plotline was good, that everything that happened with Annie, I loved their bonding over uh, sugary sweet foods, over donuts and Baskin Robbins. That was great. And I to really love Father the, and uh, Sugar. That was a great moment. Fathers and Sugar. And I also, I particularly, I thought it was such a smart bit of writing after that when they get out to the car and she's wiping her hand with a napkin and mother's milk is like are you dry rubbing what are you doing no 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 you got to use a wet rub which is like so consistent with his character he does that across the board but it's his way of showing love to her you're in the group you're part of the team now without explicitly saying it, it it's great i just i loved that little scene lit there the, yeah, the whole road trip, uh, I mean, the chaperone vibe throughout the whole thing, uh, like it it was such a sweet departure from the tone of the show across uh, the rest of the both seasons, really. And I, I love that. I love that this, this show can sort of do that, be so earnest at times. Yeah, and um, then you get fucked up uh, shit with Homelander in a cabin. Yes. Well, before we get to that, though, uh, over your comments, and I don't know if I mentioned this for the audio podcast folks, but uh, we are broadcasting this live, this episode, Crowdcast and YouTube, um, mostly because I don't know if folks know this, but the episodes actually post pretty early. If you live in America, they're they're on midnight GMT, which is p.m. on the East Coast right now. That's um, why so, I was so late, because I'm on GMT as well. Uh, there you go. You're in body old England, right? Yeah. I'm actually yeah. in a cabin. I'm in the Homelander cabin. Ooh. Oh, nice. How's Doppelganger doing? Good, man. Is they Doppelganger have... you right now, or who who is <laughs> Doppelganger? Uh, am I Doppelganger? Is the Mike Doppelganger? Is Doppelganger Ganger something you don't even see right here? I don't know. Uh, great question. Uh, but I did want to bring up uh, Beer Cat PhD had a, a note uh, in the comments here about the Mother's Milk storyline. I love that plot line and the stories he told, but I found myself wondering a little if they were going to reveal that it was scripted a lie. Um, I felt the same way. This is the scene we're talking about where uh, they go, they're trying to track down information on Liberty. They go to this woman's house and he tells this whole long in-depth story about his father. Uh, what do you think? Was that true? Or was he making that up just to get inside the house? No, that was true. I felt like it was true as well, based on how much of he he felt like he was exposing himself throughout this whole episode. So to have him come through and then be like, and that whole section was a lie feels weird. I feel like it's 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 about that sort of that the confluence of those two, that level of earnestness. And also it. He would have had to have walked that back. He would have had to gone like pulled the side of the gang. I feel like and be like, I just did that to, like, to have the whole episode go by and no, at no point like give us a wink or a nudge or nothing. You know, I the way the because I definitely was like, is he lying the entire time while I was watching it? I feel like they wrote it and played it in such a way that it could go either way. And it's up to you what you want to interpret. But I certainly fall on the side of I think he's telling the truth as well, particularly because they hinted at it earlier in that conversation with Hanny. So uh, I, I don't think they need to 
have that moment later on where he's like, by the way, a contradictory story about my father yeah. or anything, you could just kind of figure it out for yourself. And if you feel like it's a lie, I think that makes sense. And if it feels like it's true, that makes sense as well. Uh, well, on that note, though, let's talk about one of the big reveals in the episode, which we kind of hinted at the last episode. Uh, and I'm so glad that they didn't wait a long time to roll out this piece of information that Liberty, an old superhero from the 40s. Liberty, Liberty. Yeah, that one. The 50s uh, is Stormfront. So she's been alive or maybe Stormfront. So she's been alive for a very long time. She's also even more racist than we thought from the last episode. She just straight up kills a black man for no reason. It's horrifying. Um, what do you think about this reveal? How, do, how does this strike you? Pete, you're a big fan of Nazis. So what's your take here? Yeah, this is, this is going to be, uh, continue to be fucked up until she's shut down, which is frustrating. But also, is this going to be like a battle of like, you know, like, okay, how do we get rid of, you know, Stormfront and still try to keep this team somewhat together? Or is everybody got to go down, you know, to save it? Yeah. Wait, do you mean the Seven trying to take them down or the boys trying to take them down? Well, I mean, you have Homelander trying to take Stormfront down. You've got, like, and now we know that she's this horrible racist person you know, we're hoping the boys will, you know, somehow figure this out. But, like, it's just, it's really complicates the whole, like, who's the bad, bad, who's just, you know, good. And, like, you know, who's in kind of, like, just there trying to do right, you know. Well, but I don't you think Homelander is probably pretty racist, too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you think he's going to be like, well, this racism, hey, I threw, I let a bunch of people on a plane die. But I believe everyone should die, not just a particular race. Like he, well, I mean, the Joker did that recently in a comic book. He was like, I don't like Nazis. Yeah. yeah. That's too far for me, the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good that uh, the Joker takes hard stands on stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What an uh, icon. The Joker uh, has only been posting black squares on his Instagram. Smart. Yeah. Smart. Great follow, the Joker. Uh I mean, the the Liberty reveal to me, it was sort of like, huh? Because <laughs> uh, I was like, we learned that uh, she's, we trusted her. We thought she was a fun addition to the seven for a couple episodes. Then we're like, oh, she's racist and like a bit of a monster. Then it's like another swerve where she's uh, maybe immortal. Maybe she's been around for a long time. She was a, mm-hmm. a, a standalone hero for a while. It's like. Oh, what is what is this character? I feel like we're off base with her, and it's hard to tell where it's going to land. And then the the way she relates to Homelander here, where she's like sort of taunting him, and he's flirting getting mad with at him. flirty. He's getting mad at her in a way, and it's like whose side? It's sort of like wait a second, where am I in this? Yeah, it's like when you you like when a friend starts dating someone you don't like, but then you start hanging out with that person. You're like, oh, now who do I who do I, who don't I like? Who's my friend? I don't like either of you. <laughs> it's confusing. Life's confusing. Yeah, I, I agree. Particularly, we don't understand the impact of the Liberty reveal yet. You know, uh, that we know she's old. It's like, 
it's like the Melisandre reveal on Game of Thrones, where it's like, all right, she's very old. She took off her necklace, and now she's an old lady. I'm not sure what that means to the overall show. It's weird, and I don't could like she, it. She could be like a clone or something of her. Sure. Uh, yeah, the, that's totally a possibility. That could be something there. But uh, to your point, I think the much stronger thing, and I love the speech towards the end, where... The idea that Stormfront is using social media, that is she, she is using a very, like, Occupy, Bernie Bros, socialism sort of push for social justice, even though she is part of the thing. She's like, I mean, I don't know if there's even an analog necessarily because it's not Hollywood celebrities. It's like if Mark Zuckerberg was like, yeah, we got to take down Facebook. Let's do that. You know, it's the same sort of thing, but it's working for her. And I love that idea of like, she gives the speech later on where she's talking about you spend $236,000 to do America, protecting America campaign. I paid dudes a couple of $5 Arby's gift cards and got so much more impact out of anger. And that to me, that is such a clear, crisp idea of how celebrities in particular weaponize social media and outrage culture, uh, that that works very, very well. And it, it's just it's just not clear how the Liberty thing works in yet. Isn't her line like 50 million fans versus 5 million angry people? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you have it all wrong, Homelander. I mean, and I will say the the reveal of, uh, of her as Liberty – puts her in a place where she's up to something much more than Homelander. Homelander is someone who's just like, takes it as it comes, like is a dick in the moment when now it's like, wait, why is she cultivating this totally different personality, this social media following? Like it's definitely, there's a little more tension there, a little more stress as, uh, as a villain with what she's doing. And the fact that she gets to reveal to be increasingly racist. And so it's like, Oh, fine. Where's this going to go? It's going to get worse. Yeah. I mean, luckily, there's no racism in the real world right now, so it's very comfortable to watch that sort of thing on TV. hundred percent. Put a window into another world. <laughs> I'm just hoping it will get something. It'll be worth it. Where like she goes to some racist ass rally, and then everybody dies. Where you're like, oh, good. Well, that wrapped up a lot better than I thought it was gonna. I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, Let's talk about Homelander then, uh, because there's a lot of stuff going on in the theme of this episode. We jumped around it a little bit, but there's the whole sequence of him going to the cabin, hooking up to Stillwell, uh, with Stillwell, who turns out to be Doppelganger, ultimately Doppelganger, (laughs) turns into into himself, and then he kills himself. Uh, Go ahead, Pete. You're going to ask the question I was probably going to ask you guys. Yeah, I was going to ask, when did you guys know it was Doppelganger? Um, nine months ago. Ooh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> flex. <laughs> oh, that wasn't even a flex. I, I meant, I meant like, I meant I saw it ahead of time. It, mentally, not actual. But, oh, okay. All right. But you did know a little before I did, us. I did know before you. <laughs> accidental brag. Thank you, uh, Beer yes. Cat. Uh, yeah, I, I don't just, know. Just being a regular dick, not a brat. Yes. <laughs> as soon as I saw Stillwell, I think it was just breaking it down to a couple of possibilities in my mind of, okay, he's imagining this. Right, that's what this I thought. This is just a dream sequence. 
this is somehow real and he saved her, which seemed like the least likely possibility, or this is doppelganger. And it turned out to be that third possibility. And I think as comic fans, we're mm-hmm. shapeshifters a quick uh, mental leap for us because we're like, oh, shapeshifter. It happens. Mystique. Mystique's always fucking around. Showing up like I've encountered several shapeshifters, or at least that's what I say after whatever I did uh, was discovered. Oh, man. Uh, I did, again, appreciate that they didn't drag out that reveal too long. I I think if I remember correctly, there was one scene that they cut away. And then in the second scene, that's where he couldn't hold on to his shape any longer. And I thought that was such a smart way of doing it. Um, And just so... Horribly messed up across the board, particularly when he turns into Homelander, starts talking about wanting to suck his cock. Yeah. Real weird. Got got real weird, man. It was a strong choice. And I will say, like, Doppelganger, psychologically speaking, sort of good, like, makes sense. Like, this guy wants to see himself sucking his own dick. And but he didn't realize that that would be <clears throat> perhaps a devastating thing for a person to realize. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, he made a tough choice, and then uh, you know had to yeah. live with it. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was crazy. Yep. Oh man, poor doppelganger. I mean, well, we probably poor doppelganger. Uh, <laughs> he was. I, I guess so. He was held prisoner at a cabin. Yeah, he was like old. yeah. Yeah, it's not like he wanted to be doing this. I guess. I, mean, I, I think the big question, though, that we probably need to deal with is: Would you go through with that? I'm sorry. Like you're on a, You're unattached. You're single. You're Homelander. <laughs> There's a shapeshifter there. Can turn into you. Do you hook up with that shapeshifter? Yeah, but you know what the. All right, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Very on brand for Alex, says everyone in the comment section. Um, I got to say, Pete, here, let me throw this out to you. Would you want to hook up with a version of yourself that wasn't covered in poison ivy? (laughs) (laughs) I do not want to uh, hook up with a version of any version of myself. Uh, Interesting. (laughs) Yes. Interesting. Uh, Just here in the comment section, just to feel your normal body again. (laughs) Wouldn't it be great? To make hard eye contact with your old self. Oh, man. I I'm do, in my back. mind, because we can't see you right now, I sort of picture you like concrete from the Paul Chadwick books a little bit. Yeah. Just like covered with a rough, thick skin all over. Well, I, 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 it's good. I need that much calamine lotion so I can't, uh, you know, scratch anymore because it's just so nerve, unnerving. Or, Pete, would you want to hook up with just like, poison ivy itself as like sort of a like a like, get it out like oh i'm so mad but i'm so turned on yeah i know i don't want to and i don't even mean the batman villain i'm talking about just a big old stack yeah, of plants. weeds yeah oh. <laughs> i don't want to be anywhere near poison ivy ever again makes yeah, sense you know even regular say. ivy i'd stay away from regular ivy too pete yeah, you know what they always say fake. leaves of three hate fuck me that's what they always say <laughs> oh boy <laughs> Uh, Anyway, we were talking about Homelander. We should probably talk about the Maeve reveal as well, because he outs her to Maria Menounos, of all people, uh, host of uh, Nuvi before the movie. It took me a second because it's been a while since I've seen a movie uh, in movie theaters. Uh, But host of Nuvi, Maria Menounos, 
uh, finds out that Maeve is gay. Uh, what do you think about this reveal? What do you think this means for Maeve going well, forward? First off, you know, great casting. I love that bit. The whole Maria Renouveau's bit is great. It's fantastic. It's fun. You, you downloaded the new V app, right? So you can interact with the screen before the movie starts. Yeah, yeah. Play that little video game. Yeah, the whole mm-hmm. thing is great. Uh, but <laughs> I, I thought that was really just a fun talk show to sit down. And then the fact that Homelander was surprised by her tough questioning. Uh, that was just, yeah, that was just very enjoyable. Uh, I think I love this scene as just another means of Homelander's cruelty. Mm-hmm. Like the way he can just casually ruin everything for everyone. And it, like, it's, it feels casual, but it's also just hyper-targeted. Maeve has wronged him because of the way that she's just not being the, the quote unquote fun peer that she used to be. And so he wants to punish her and he does so. Uh, and then for her, I think it's devastating, but also I think her, an issue she's had is she hasn't been able to confront herself. So it's, it's horrible to be forced into that position, but I wonder if it will help her resolve some of the, uh, like the, at least with Elena, like that, that relationship is about the fact that she can't be upfront about who she is. So maybe that, that'll be a step forward with that. Well, I think it also ties into this interesting place that Homelander is in this episode where he's rattled. He's off completely. Like, I think you mentioned this earlier, Justin, but he's just uh, lashing out in every single possible way he can. You know, we usually get every episode, it feels like one terrible thing that Homelander does. You know, he's just he's very. He does the terrible thing. He goes for it. He sort of pulls off his little pop goes the weasel surprise. And then he moves on to the next thing. But Stormfront has him so wound up that he's just lashing out at everybody in little ways. And to your point, maybe it does actually turn out to be good for Maeve. It's absolutely the wrong way for that to happen. It's terrible that it happens that way. But potentially it does free her. It does let her go forward. Um I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah, hopefully it can be. Uh, but it just the way she was worried about her, it seems like Homelander has tabs on her. So you just wonder if he still can kind of use that as like, you mess with me, I'll kill your girlfriend. Type of thing. <laughs> uh, I mm-hmm. want to talk about Frenchie and Kimiko because I'm sure Pete wants to talk about Frenchie and Kimiko. We have debated yeah. so much on this podcast what is going on with the two of them? Is it a romantic relationship? Is it a friend relationship? What's happening? I feel like we get definitive answers this episode in terms of the horrifically awkward moment when Frenchie tries to kiss Kamiko, the explanation later from Cherie, from his girlfriend, or on and off again, girlfriend. Um, what do you guys take away from this? How do you feel about uh, the female of Frenchie going forward after this episode? Well, I feel like he saved her at the parade, which was great, or at the, you know, gathering where she was, uh, Stormfront was speaking, and I think that will go a long way for the relationship. But he needs to, like, be better at understanding, like, what's cool and what's not. Like, doing a bunch of drugs and then trying to awkwardly kiss somebody when they're going through something isn't cool, man. Yeah. Um, and, I I mean, 
it does feel like it's they have a strong connection, but it's just not a romantic connection. Um, and the real choice, is, it seems like Frenchie, is he going to be able to, to deal with that? Is that what he wants? Mm-hmm. Or was he just like sort of acting out because it was the situation? Or is he uh, like, oh, I love her, and if I can't be with her, then I have to sever this relationship? Because either way, uh, I mean, that, that's a much tougher path and can really break up the group. I I felt it was more definitive than that. I felt like when he goes over, when he hooks up with his ex-girlfriend and she basically sets down and says, you tried to do that to make her feel better. That's why you did it. And that's the wrong way to do it. And that's not what you should be doing. You're incorrect there. He gives sort of a little nod or at least a resigned sigh in that moment. And to me, that felt like a tacit agreement of, yes, absolutely, that's what's going on. They are just friends. It's not going to be romantic. And I appreciate that. I would have been happy if it went either way on the show, and I think it could have gone either way on the show. But I appreciate the fact that they they settled it, at, at least in my mind. It sounds like you guys are not quite as settled. But when you say that, I hope it's true, because that would be a smart way to go about it. Yeah. Uh, Should we talk about The Deep? The Deep's uh, wife auditions? Well, what's interesting is we have these little segments, uh, and they're talking about love and stuff, and you don't know what's going on. It's this running bit from the show. It's an interesting way to kind of have these fun running bits with Reveal. And I think, like... uh, after the last one, and then you saw the deep, and you're going, oh, the deep, oh, come on. But it was just, I think it was very interesting the way it's like how easily manipulated he is when she was just like, yeah, you are picking, and you're picking Cassandra. That is your choice. It's like, oh, the deep. Uh, the stunt casting would have been to get Katie Holmes to play one of those women. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Could they have gotten uh, her? Could they have gotten the Holmes? Uh, I I don't think so. No, okay. uh, but it would have been dope. Um, I, yeah, I thought this was fun. I mean, I feel like they're once again using the deep. I feel like I say this every episode. They're punishing him more and more. He takes it in a way that is played in a funny way, and it just makes him worse and worse. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he's literally in too deep. Constantly. Nice. Ah, I like it. Uh, Last one we should talk about, and this is a big one, is Butcher and Becca. There's a lot of stuff going on there as Butcher gets carte blanche to track down Becca and ultimately can't do it. Or rather, they end up getting back together very briefly. But she realizes he is never going to accept Ryan because Ryan is a soup. There's an argument to be made there that he's correct that he makes to her that he's property of Vaught. He is a billion dollar thing. As we've talked about on the podcast, Ryan is unique in the entire world. So they're never going to be able to take him without getting nuked essentially. Uh, And he just wants to take Becca. But I, I feel like I also understand Becca's point of view that of course, she's not going to leave her son even to be with butcher, the man that she loves. Yeah, that was rough. You know, it was just uh, Butcher getting in his own way as far as like, you know, man, that wasn't very sensitive or like being like he's a 
fucking soup. You know what I mean? Like, you have to be a little bit. Yeah, it's just butcher not being really aware, and it was uh, it was frustrating, but it was uh, I liked the choices that were made. Yeah, I mean, I think you had it right. It's an impossible decision. It's an impossible position for these characters to be in. And Butcher's like, no, let's go. Let's get out of here. And she's like, I know that he is, uh, it was a trauma that led to to this child. I hate Homelander. I hate how this happened, but it's my son. I love my son. I'm not going to just ditch him because you don't like him and you don't like what's going on right now. Um, it's an impossible decision. And I think she makes the, you know, the, the mother choice and Butcher's like, he can't, it's, he can't come to terms with that. But also it's the perfect, it's the perfect position for him to be in because he hates soup so much. And now a soup is standing in the way of him being with Becca by her choice. Mm. Interesting. But it's also like, uh, she made that point of like, there's a reason you haven't heard from me or whatever. Like after what happened, I ditched you. Like I got, you know, I got away, you know, and I was like, yeah, yeah uh, it's, it's definitely, it's good. It's deep. It's emotional. It's interesting stuff. Uh, I liked it quite a bit and I liked how it turned out. Um, we do yeah. have a question here on crowdcast from Ben, the border collie. So not to play matchmaker, but Homelander and Mother's Milk belong together, yeah? What? <laughs> Interesting. I don't know. I'm curious in what way. <laughs> yeah, that's not a pairing that oh, I've I made. Oh, I, I, I got you. I got you. Mother's Milk, because the milk, he uh, drinks the milk. Okay. And I will say, when I was watching the show for the first time, I was like, it's very strange that his name is Mother's Milk and Homelander is like obsessed with Mother's Milk. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. Huh. Huh. Maybe, ultimately, Homelander is going to drink him. He needs to drink him. Oh, yeah, he needs man. to drink him. Absolutely. Drink me. Drink me, Homelander. Drink me. Uh, what? I think we pretty much covered most of the storyline. Justin, I know you came in a little late. I don't know if there was anything we talked about that you wanted to cover that you missed, uh, or if there were other plot lines that either of you wanted to touch on before we start to wrap up here. Well, what do we, did you guys talk about Black Noir? Oh, yeah. Oh, we talked about it. Uh, I mean, Black Overused. Noir Overused. Overused in this app. Overused? That's crazy. Yeah, too much. That's, that's insane. It's Black Noir's the the scary character. He's the one who is played for laughs at certain points, but also he's the one who's like, "Fuck, Butcher's in trouble." Um, yeah, I just was like, if it was just a tad bit less, it would have been perfect. This is crazy. Uh, let's talk about something more reasonable that we didn't get your opinion on, Justin. Top three candy bars. Oh yeah. Uh, yes. Um, and also, make sure it's a bar. Zob's a real dick about it. Pete was like... Uh, Reese's mean, peanut butter cups count. No, but the first thing no. you went for, Pete, the first thing you went for were like, can I include gummy bears? Well, I didn't know, because you were like candy That's bar. Insane. But I was like, are you just saying candy bar in general? Like, you know, candy. No! Like, you know, this not, candy bar doesn't mean candy. Candy, not in yeah. general. That's, uh, I'm fine. sorry. I'm very bothered by this. Yeah, yeah. I guess my favorite candy bar is a uh, uh, porterhouse steak. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, because I guess it. I guess anyone can answer anything here, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, 
it's not even really a question. It's more of a statement. My favorite candy bar, I guess, um, the way the moon hits the water um, <laughs> when I'm sitting well, in a no, kayak. <laughs> I would have to say my beautiful wife. <laughs> flax. Um, no, candy candy bars and the <laughs> flax. Wow. Uh, interesting uh, from the only unmarried member of this uh, group. Uh, wife flex. About, yeah, you're just bragging about being married. Yeah, yeah, I know that's Take why I keep that my ring. Black right? Instagram square. <laughs> hey Pete, you could make that change at any moment. Just let us know when you want us to be there for the proposal. All right, great. And honestly, wait for the poison ivy to clear up just a little bit. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Uh, <laughs> but maybe a poison ivy ring—that'd be cool. No, it wouldn't. Um, no, no. Is that what you got in? Got you into this mess? What's the goddamn candy bar, asshole? Come on. Wait, did you, you did you down. kneel down at a patch of poison ivy? <laughs> Were you in a Farrelly <laughs> Brothers movie? <laughs> no. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, no. <laughs> this isn't Poison Ivy, is it? Uh, favorite candy bar. Yeah. Frozen Snickers. Ooh. Almond Joy. Oh. Mm, interesting. And third one? Um, interesting. I don't really Butter love Butterfinger. I hate Butterfingers. Interesting. Trash. Wow. Too crazy. Very so good. So good. It's like peanut butter sandpaper. What? (laughs) My number one, which Pete took exception to, is Three Musketeers. Oh, so bland. There's nothing in it. Yeah, well, you just going going ham on the nougat, old man. Uh, (laughs) Let me throw out. I know that is nougat's the most old man thing you could ever yeah, say. Exactly. Uh, I'm going to throw out Mr. Goodbar. What? Uh, <laughs> That's just an old man flex right there. No, I love a candy bar with a title. <laughs> you you still haven't said what your top three actual candy bars are. Yeah, you just I made fun of me and threw out crazy suggestions. Yeah, your favorite candy bars are a handful of wing nuts, a glass of water, and uh, the concept of joy. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's definitely uh, Baby Ruth is in there for sure. Baby, uh, oh my God, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. You were making yeah. fun of us for saying old man baby candy bars, but your favorite Ruth. candy bar is made a, named after a baseball player from the 1910s, 1920s. Plus, isn't Baby Ruth all nougat too? No. It's like nougat and nuts. Yeah, nuts. Do you, hold on, do you only like Baby caramel. Ruth because of goodies? Is that the only reason? Babe, no, that's not the only They're baby delicious. Ruth. They're fucking delicious. Uh, when I was a kid, Caramello was what I was always Caramello like. Caramello was the I'd shit. Love, I'd love a Caramello. Then every time I ate it, I was like, oh, my God, my whole body is screaming <laughs> sugar. They're so intense. Oh, man. Uh, I'm getting a lot of hate in the comments about frozen Snickers. Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> they're delicious. Frozen Snickers are good. Twix they're frozen? Come out. Twix frozen is very good. Twix are good. Reese's peanut butter cups frozen. Still not a candy bar. Reese's peanut butter cups are not a candy bar. Charlton Chew frozen. Fantastic. Charlton Chew frozen. Charlton Chew. What are you trying to rack up a dentist bill? Charlton Chew. Come on. 
That's uh, like eating rope. No, frozen no, Charleston chew so is good. the best. I used to work yes. construction, and we had a little freezer that we would put the Charleston chews in. And if we didn't have a hammer, we'd use that, and it was just mwah, perfect. You, I knew when you said when I used to work construction. <laughs> Yeah, that it was a lie. We're entering a lying place when Alex says, I used to work construction. Uh, your favorite, Pete, your favorite cup is a Reese's peanut butter cup. When we talk about our favorite cups. There is no yeah. favorite cups category because it ends. Yes, there is. What, Mallow cups? You're going to fucking I, say, come on. I would prefer a Mallow cup to no, a Reese's peanut butter no, cup No, that's ridiculous. Day. That's horrible. You know, number one, but Reese's there's peanut only butter two. cup. It's number two, Mallow cup. Number three, Diva cups. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> What? <laughs> Can we get to favorite fucking character of the thing? Come on. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah, Let's we, get favorite character. You can say gummy bears again. <laughs> All right. Who was best boy in the episode? Pete, take it away. Mother's Milk. Uh, fantastic op. I really liked the deep dive on him. Um, I'm, I didn't think it was not true, but now Zelbs, you made me worried that, it, so I hope it's not a reveal later. But man, uh, yeah, I thought it was real touching, and and also the actress playing the lady in that uh, in the house. Uh, oh man, it was so great to see her. She, uh, I haven't seen her in a while, and she's a fantastic actress. Justin, what about you? Uh, I mean, I got to give it up for my favorite. I mean, the road trip was my favorite part of the episode. So I'm going to, my character is the Huey Annie relationship in the back of the car, mm. singing along to the hits, singing along to her song, uh, knowing the lyrics to We Didn't Start the Fire. I mean, what are the odds? Yeah, what are the odds? Yeah. And a little note about that. I think Eric Kripke tweeted this out this week. Erin Moriarty actually sang Starlight's song. She did. She which did. is crazy. That and is, not only that, she's she's saying a full. There's a full length version of it. That, wow. you know, they only put a snippet in the at the translucent funeral, and then on the radio. But there is like a full ass version that they have. That's wow. amazing. I know I do this all the time. I got to give it to Homelander this what? week. I do. <laughs> so good. Come on. No, so much good Anthony Starr stuff in this episode. So much complicated work with the doppelganger scenes were not just when he was playing two characters at the same time, but just the emotions that he's going through as he's holding back. Same with the Maeve scene. That was great as well. Um, terrifying with Starlight in the elevator. Just so much great Homelander stuff in this episode. I know I give it up for him all the time, but he was absolutely fantastic in this episode and all of his scenes were absolutely riveting. I guess we know who would we want uh, who Doppelganger would want to uh look like when he was with you. Be Homelander. I mean, I wouldn't fight him, you know. If you want to support this podcast, <laughs> patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about the boys. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. Hear it. Number four, the boys on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. And my anaconda don't. My anaconda 
kind of don't. My ad, I kind of don't want none unless you got buds, hun. It's tying into the first lyrics, Justin, our boy toy named Troy. So there's a boys thing. So that's no, that's what I was I doing. know I wasn't here, but I still I still believe it. I, I knew that that was what it was going to be. Don't ever I'm glad that, again. I'm glad that we let you have this platform to really get that out there. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Later.